You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, Chapter number 24, Proverbs chapter 24. And as we are in stewardship month, uh, just uh, looking at different aspects of stewardship, I was just sharing with Brother Franklin uh, as he is going uh, over the financial peace uh, with some of the people uh, tonight. Uh, I read an article recently, uh, just this last week, and the average family's budget, because of the inflation so far, uh, their expenses have gone up $385 a month on average. Now, how many of you can just lose $400 a month and that not make a difference? But the reality is most people have made zero changes to their spending. And with that, there's coming a time where all of a sudden, after losing $400 a month, $400 a month, $400 a month, and then you're going to find yourself upside down. And when you find yourself upside down, now it's an emergency. But the reality is, when you, when you see that there is a change, you've got to make a change. And if you do not, it will, it will catch up. Do you remember back in, I'm looking around, uh, do you remember back in the 70s? Do you remember the gas prices in the 70s? Do you remember the lines? Do you, Brother, Brother Nate, do you remember that? <laughs> My parents got married in 78. Uh, two years later, they bought a house, paid 17% interest on a home. That was the going rate. Wow. The economy that we have right now, even though it is moving in a direction, we think, well, it can't get much worse. Do you remember 2008? Just leave it. Leave it in there. It can't get much worse. I had investors telling me that, no, don't pull it out of the market. It can't get much worse until the businesses went under. It can get worse. And there are seasons, and I'm not, I'm not up here tonight to try to put everybody into alarm mode, but what I am here to tell us is we are in a time where we are seeing economic change right before our eyes, and we better do something about it. That's called stewardship. You would look at a financial advisor and say, well, they didn't make any changes. They're a terrible financial advisor. Well, another word for that is steward. Managing the affairs of somebody else. And the resources that God has given to us, we are managers. We are not owners. And so with that, we want to make sure that we are making proper decisions. We are getting our priorities in order. And if there's ever been a time for you to get on a budget, it is now. Get on a budget. Get on a budget. I think I've said that once or twice over the last 11 years. But we let it go in one ear and out the other. And just wonder, what happened? How am I in this, this spot? Now, you say, well, pastor, I'm not in a bad spot. Praise the Lord. But let's make sure that we're making good decisions so we're not going to find ourselves in a bad spot. And so, uh, how to make wise decisions. And that's where we're going to be at, be at tonight. Making wise financial decisions. And our finances, they are a big part of our life. And, and, you know, it's easy to spend, isn't it? It's easy. I mean, that credit card, 
it's easy to spend. Our, uh, one of our credit cards has been compromised and uh, starting to get charges over in Hong Kong. And uh, I've never been in Hong Kong, uh, but according to what they are saying is they have the card itself and they're swiping my card. Now, I've got my card in my wallet, so I know they don't have my card. Whether or not they have created another one, I don't know. Uh, I'm glad there's uh, ways to put a stop to that, and so all of that's being contested. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's easy to spend with credit. You know, this Apple Pay thing, I like it. It's convenient. You know, you walk, you walk up to something, I double-click here on the side, I hold my phone next to it, ding, it's done. It's convenient. You know, it's a lot easier to spin this than it is green. You have, you have a handful of bills in your hand, or you have a credit card in your hand, you will be a lot more apt to spend on the plastic than you will when there is that transfer of cash. There is an attachment. There is a physical, mental attachment to that green. And you let go of that green, it's a lot harder than it is to, to walk in with just a piece of plastic and walk back out. But our spending, we've got to learn how to make wise financial decisions. Proverbs chapter 24, let's stand together uh, real quick. I'll uh, give you a chance to stretch out before uh, the next hour worth of teaching here. No, just kidding. Uh, Proverbs chapter 24, we're going to read verse 3 and 4 together. Help if I get there. Uh, Proverbs chapter 24 and verses 23 and 24. And let's read these together. You ready? These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have... Am I in the right spot? No, I'm in the wrong spot. 24.3. There we go. Uh, those verses didn't sound right, and then it was quiet. Okay, Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. There we go. Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Through, through knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And God has given us the ability to learn and we've got to have the ability to make the right decisions. And let's pray together. Father, I do pray that you'd bless now these next few moments. And help us, Lord, as we look at these verses, as we look at these thoughts. I pray that you'd help us uh, to be able to, uh, to grow in knowledge. Help us to have more wisdom. But not just the knowledge and the wisdom. I pray that you would give us the restraint. I pray that you'd give us the character. Uh, Lord, to uh, make decisions and live by them. And so help us now, please, for Christ's sake we pray. Amen. You can be seated. All right, so uh, making wise financial decisions. And I don't know about you, but I have in my life, I have made some bad financial decisions. Anybody else besides me? Uh, my first car. I spent $350. Now you say, $350 is nothing. Uh, when, when you are making a dollar an hour, $350 is a lot of money. Uh, and I saved and I saved and I saved. I worked for a farmer uh, for a dollar an hour. And I was, a, I was a teenager by the time I was still working for him, uh, making the same amount of wages, mucking stalls and taking care of animals. And I, but I always had money. I always had money because I was willing to work. And with that, uh, I had saved and saved and saved. And, and uh, I, was gonna, I was coming up on 16 and wanted to get my, my license. And uh, so right after I got my license, there was no such thing as Craigslist back then. Uh, there was this thing called the newspaper. 
And you'd open it up and you'd find the classified ads and you'd look down for sale. And there was a car that was in my budget, $350. And I had that much money and I thought, man, this is going to be great. Uh, I'll have my own car. And so my mom drove me over to Gig Harbor and uh, went over there and I found this car and uh, it started up and it was running. And man, happy day. I was so excited. Uh, and it was a Fiat. I'm sorry, yes. I broke down on the way home. You know, that's so discouraging. You know, you're, you're buying your first car so excited and then you break down on the side of the road. And so I literally worked on that car more hours than I drove it. Uh, I had it for about uh, six months and then I couldn't, ha I couldn't get rid of that car fast enough. Uh, and so uh, anyway, ended up having to take a loan from my parents. They did not give me the money, uh, but they did give me a loan. And so I took a loan out from them and paid them back for, a, for a, uh, I bought a 1970 Nova, uh, man, back in the muscle car days. And so, uh, but I had that and it was, it was exciting and I was, I was spending, but there were, there have been some, some sales. There have been some financial decisions over the years that were not good financial decisions. Some of those were in investment. Some of those were in just purchases. Some of those were frivolous things that I just had to have to later find out I didn't have to have. You know, we've, we've got to be wise in making financial decisions. Now, there are seasons in life that are different. Arabella uh, has, it, has it in her mind that that Papa is taking her on a date to Chili's. And guess what? Papa's taking her on a date to Chili's. Rachel said, I was lucky if Dad would take me on a date to McDonald's. It's a different situation than where we were at. My season of life is different. My finances are different than they were. But with that, if, if we are going to, no matter where we are at, whether we're just starting out or whether we may be established, we've got to make wise financial decisions because it is going to impact our future. And so what are some things that we can do to make wise financial decisions? Number one, stick with what you know. Stick with what you know. That's a big one. I have heard so many people talk about, well, I'm going to get into this business and I'm going to invest here and get into this business, but they don't know anything about that business. Stick with what you know. Stick with what you know. Uh, knowledge. Uh, here in Proverbs 20, uh, 24, verse 3, he said, through wisdom is in house builded, and by understanding it is established. So we have the building, the establishing, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with precious and pleasant uh, riches. And so uh, that knowledge, we've got to stick uh, with what we know. Knowledge is, is, is the what. It is information. And if you don't have information, don't get involved involved in it financially. Uh, if you don't understand an investment, don't get involved in it. If you can't explain it, you can't understand it, don't get in it. And, and if somebody, maybe even somebody that you trust, they are telling you, oh, this is good. But if, if you don't, if you can't get a hold of it and you can't understand it, uh, then stay out of that. Uh, you need to have that knowledge. Knowledge is information. It's the what, the why. What is the why? The why is understanding. So you have the what, you have the why. Those are great questions, especially when you're getting ready to, uh, to spend something. You better know what it is. You better know why it is. Why, how is this going to, to help me? What is going to uh, be that information? The perception into why things 
the way they are. Uh, it's the theory behind it, how it all relates. When I was uh, younger, I was uh, before I went off to Bible college, I was working in a shop, uh, and uh, uh, they had a parts store, they had a towing, uh, towing uh, uh, area, they had a gas station, uh, they had uh, mechanics, they had the whole thing sewed up. And so I was working there, and, and I'd help the guys in different spots. Sometimes I'd help in the shop, sometimes changing tires or brakes or whatnot. Sometimes I would be in the parts store. Uh, but what I found was when I went to college and I was looking for a job, I applied in, in a, a, a mechanic shop, and the, uh, the owner asked me whether or not I had had any experience, and I told him the experience that I had, and he gave, I had very minimal experience, but he gave me a shot. Uh, and it wasn't very long before, uh, after I got there, that I realized that the man that I was working for when I was in college, he was a mechanic. The ones that I had started out working for, they were parts changers. There's a difference you see, a parts changer will go in, something's not working, they'll take one part off, go in, buy it, put it on, charge the customer. Oh, that didn't do it. Well, you know, that was bad, but you still, there's something else going on. You need something else too. And then they'll take another part off and then they'll put that on there. They're just sort of guessing. And, and with that, uh, when I, as I later started looking back at it, uh, whether they were right or wrong, they were making money in the shop, they were making money on the parts store, uh, they were making, they'd finish up working on a car, they'd fill the car up before they sent it out the door. I mean, it was every uh, section around, they were, they were working uh, and making money all the way around on that. And, and I didn't realize the difference. You see, there was some theory that I didn't learn yet how things really worked. And you know, and that's in life, when it comes to finances, just because you can make money doesn't under, make, does not mean that you understand money. There are people that make huge salaries, but that does not make them wise with money. Just because they can make money doesn't know, mean that they know how to manage money. You know, you see that person when you're going through some of these housing developments and you see this beautiful home and you see the, the RV on the side and then you see the boat and the brand new truck uh, and you see the, the sports car and uh, you see all these things and you think, man, that person must be rich. No, they're probably just in debt up to their ears. Now, that's not everybody, of course, and some do have the money to buy that uh, and spend that, but, but with, with ourselves, we need to stick with what we know, uh, and we need to have an understanding uh, about our resources, wisdom. So you have the knowledge, that's the what, that's information, understanding, that's the why. The wisdom is the proper application of that knowledge and understanding. And wisdom isn't just Knowing something, wisdom is knowing what to do with that knowledge and understanding. And that's where we need to have wisdom. And wisdom will result in blessings because God, God gives us blessings. So number one, stick with what you know. Number two, stay with what you have. Stay with what you have. You know, somebody would love to have what you have. Brother Howells used to say, there's two ways to be content. Get all you want or want all you have. Does anybody think that number one is even a possibility? To get all you want? No, that's not even a reality. There's, there's no way. Because you get that new truck this year, Two years later, three years later, man, there's a whole nother one. They've got some changes out, uh, and you need that new one. That's just, that's just human nature. Is that sinful? Is that wrong? No, it's, it's just a reality. It's how we are. And how we decide to control ourselves is very important. 
Stay with what you have. Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. Look at verse number 12. Proverbs 27, verse 12. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Go back to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 7. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. You know, have you heard the lie that you're going to pay for a car payment anyway? How many of you have ever paid off a car? Isn't there a huge amount of relief? I mean, you get that thing paid off and it's like, I'm never doing that again. But we do. Or we almost get it paid off and then we trade it in, telling ourselves, well, it's just going to be a good investment. I can get more out of it if I trade this in. Have you told yourself that same lie that I've told myself? And you find yourself in this spot where, uh, you know what? We haven't had a car payment in about, uh, I don't know, about 10 years. And I don't want another one. I don't want another one. Matter of fact, we had two of them. And we got both of them things paid off. No more. So what have we been doing? We have been making two car payments to ourselves for 10 years. So I needed a truck. So I grabbed $10,000 out of that account and used that to buy a used truck. But we've still been making those payments to ourselves. You know, somebody would love to have the truck that I have. Now, I see some of the other trucks and I sort of drool. Brother Andy, what year is your truck that you drive? Your Jeep. A 1960. Now, I'd love to have that Jeep. <laughs> but but the, uh, the reality is, you know, there's always something new and flashy. And we put ourselves in spots that end up creating all kinds of stress and turmoil. The, the idea that I can afford it used to mean that you could go and pay for it. And I don't recall who it is, so, so if this is you, I don't, I don't even know. I don't remember who it was, but recently somebody just told me that they bought a vehicle seven years Seven years of payments. Oh my goodness. That's terrible. The borrower is servant to the lender. Do you know what? That vehicle's probably going to, to be in the junkyard before you pay it off. That's, that's probably the reality. Because they don't make them like they did back in 1960. And I know some of you have nicer cars, newer cars, and this is an attack. All I'm saying is we, we have got to get, at some point, we have to be content with what we have. Because if we're not content, we are going to find ourselves spending when we need not to stay with uh, what you have. Uh, and and don't, uh, don't just keep spending and spending. Number three, 
Take your time. Take your time. Don't make quick decisions financially. Several years ago, it was about four years ago, I was just at the spot where I was needing a truck, wanting a truck, and it was on the weekend, and I was driving by, and I saw this guy on the side of the road, and he had this nice four-door Dodge truck that I was looking at, and I thought, and it was for sale, and I thought, man. So I pulled over, and then I read the sticker price on it, and it was a great price. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's a good price. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll have to pray about this, and I'll have to um, come back maybe on Monday and take it for a drive. So I went up, knocked on the guy's door, told him I was interested, gave him my, a business card, and he said, well, I don't know if it'll still be here. I said, well, if it's not here, it's not here. He's like, well, if you can put some money down, and I could have put some money down. But I was like, no, I'll pray, for, pray about it. And I came back on that next Next day, that Monday, or it was over the weekend, it was a Saturday. So I stopped by on Monday, and it was gone. And the guy said, well, you should have told you, you should have bought it. I said, nope, that wasn't the one the Lord had for me. And he sort of looked at me a little funny, and see you later. Uh, but take your time. Uh, Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs 28, 20. Proverbs 28, and verse number 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. He that maketh haste to be rich. Go to Proverbs chapter 20, verse, or 12, verse 11. Proverbs 12. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. And they say, well, pastor, how does this tie together? Because he that is tilling the land, he is not working for today and this immediate moment. He is living for the future. Vain people, hasty people, everything is about right now. When we are making decisions that are just about right now, oftentimes those decisions will come back to bite us. And we need, need not to be hasty. Uh, Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21, verse 5. These verses are great verses to underline. Proverbs 21, 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. But of everyone that is hasty, only to want. You know, isn't it true the person that's always spending is the one that's always in want? Hasty. Always making fast decisions. And you find that that person is going is to be in want. Why? Because they're always... They're always having to make this Im impulse buy. You know what? If that car is the car that the Lord wants you to have, it'll be there the next day. Pray about it. Pray about it. I, I have, Deb and I have been in places to car dealerships, uh, and we we had gone in go to buy a car, and and with that, uh, tell tell the person, well, I'm gonna pray about it. I'm like, well, it might not be here. That's okay. The first time we had ever went to look at a car, we were in college. We were broke as broke could be, but our cars were in terrible shape. Car was in terrible shape, and, and we were just like, man, I just keep breaking down and got to get something different. Let's just go look, see what things are costing. And we were in there, and all of a sudden now this this salesman was there, and then his manager was in there, and then the finance manager comes back in, and here we were, uh, 20 year, 19, 20 years old, and man, there were, it was like the vultures. I mean, they were swarming around for the kill, and I mean, it was pressure, 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 and I looked over at Deb, I said, let's go, and we got up, and we walked out, and we could, 
I have no idea how I didn't sign on a line somewhere because there was that much pressure. And, and with that, we got out of there, and it, we didn't go back into a car dealership for like 10 years. I mean, it was, uh, uh, there, there was uh, uh, PTSD on that one. I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty stressful. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, being hasty, if we're not careful, we can be hasty, and we can let the pressure uh, build up on us, and we'll make decisions that we'll regret later. Uh, so uh, take your time. Don't make quick decisions. Uh, Proverbs 21.5. Uh, go to Psalm 37.7. Go back to Psalm 37 and verse 7. Psalm 37 and verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Think about that. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Does God care about you? Let me say that again. Does God care about you? Absolutely, He does. And if He cares about me, then as a loving Father, He wants to make sure I have what he wants me to have. Is that right? So I've got to wait for him. Not hasty. Not in a hurry. Wait. Now there have been times where I've waited and I've kicked myself. There are times where there was something that was right there before me and I didn't pull the trigger on it. I didn't get that gun. No, uh, I didn't pull the trigger on it and later I looked back at it and said, man, I should have done that. And it doesn't mean that you can't make decisions when things come before you, but if you're not sure that that's what you should do, don't. Don't. So let's read the rest of this verse. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of the man that bringeth wicked devices to pass. You know, there is a certain amount of pressure that we face because of the prosperity of others. We want to fit in. And if we're not careful, we can, we, can, we can take and make decisions. Making wise financial decisions. Uh, just take your time. Number four, examine your attitude. Examine your attitude. Proverbs 10.22, the Bible says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Now, the word rich there literally means accumulation of substance. So here it says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. So the blessings that God brings into our life, those are going to produce substance. Those are going to produce wealth. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to be this, this wealthy uh, you know, individual that's got money just falling out of their pockets uh, because they're so wealthy. Not saying that, but, but the Lord here, he said, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. There are a lot of, there are a lot of strategies that bring sorrow. There are a lot of things that, because of greed, we want to be involved you know, I have heard about people going into these uh, check cashing places years ago, and it's it's been years since I've gone in and looked and seen where the, where their rates are at. 
But I called down at one of the check cashing places down here off of uh, F Street. Uh, it was F for right in there somewhere. And uh, anyway, uh, asked them what their, uh, what their rate was, their APR for, uh, for a, a cash advance. Because there's all this advertising on these cash advances. And the lady said, 874. I said, no, no. What, what is your annual percentage rate for, for that cash advance? She said, a $200 cash advance is at 874% interest. I, I said, you got to be kidding me. Because it's all based off of 13 days. And you start taking that amount of interest that you're paying in that 13 days and you run it out to the 365, it works out to 800 and something percent. Blew me away. Do you know where those check cashing places always are? They're in the poorer areas. You will not find one of those in a nice neighborhood. You're not going to find one in a, a wealthy neighborhood. No, you're going to find them within walking distance, many of them, to poorer areas. You know why? They prey on the poor. Now, I don't know about you. I would love to have that kind of interest. But I could never invest in something like that. Why? Because it's, it is preying on the poor. It is, it is not an honest, it is not an honest way to earn money. It's not a Christian way to earn money. And you know, we need to examine our attitude. If it's all just about getting wealth, then we'll do whatever it takes to make it. We've had people pull up in the parking lot, get building going on. There was a guy that showed up, opened up his trunk, and said, hey, I've got some tools I'm trying to sell. And I walked over to the back of his car, and he had all these Milwaukee tools, and he had these big, huge eight-pack battery chargers. And, I mean, all this stuff. And he's, I said, so where'd you get all this? Oh, I've just been collecting a little bit. You know what he's been doing? He's been buying them from contractors that are rip, ripping off their boss, walking off job sites with tools, and he's giving them quick cash, and he's turning around and selling. And we could have got some very nice tools for a lot cheaper, but I'm not paying for something that's stolen. What's the, what's the attitude of what we are going to get involved in over money? It's not just getting a good deal. It's bigger than that. You know, money has a way of changing people. You do business with people and something doesn't go right in the business transaction, and all of a sudden there's a whole different person there. And, and that's what we've got we've to examine our attitude uh, when it comes to, uh, to resources and money. Proverbs 23, 4, Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. It's not about, this life isn't about being rich. Am I going to be a good steward? Yes. Should I save? Yes. Should I invest? Uh, yes. I mean, we learn that in the parable of the, uh, of the stewards, uh, the investing and the making. Uh, the ones that the Lord looked at and said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It wasn't, he didn't say that to the one that didn't lose anything. He said that to the ones that doubled what he gave them. So I think we should do something with the resources that God gives to us not just save it and not just spend it. We should be growing it. 
Uh, why? Uh, for, his, for his kingdom, his cause. But the laboring not to be rich. Uh, Proverbs 28, 5. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. And just having an attitude of, Lord, help me to be the steward you want me to be. Help me to make financial decisions. Help me to to know when to spend and when to save. Help me to know how to guide uh, these resources that you have placed in my hand so I can use them in a way that would be pleasing to you. Number five, seek good counsel. Seek good counsel. You know, before we bought a house, I had my grandpa come look at that house. My grandpa had lived a lot of years. He had a lot of experience. He could do anything. I had him come look at it. Grandpa was wealthy. He had had some insight. I had my dad come look at it. Why? Because I wanted his insight. He had experience where I didn't have experience. When Deb and I were looking at buying a house when we were in college, I had Brother Hiles go go by and look at a house. He did. He went and looked at it. And he said it probably was a good deal. I still didn't feel like I had the peace on buying it, so I did not. But I I was getting counsel. You know, when, when we're making decisions, if we're not careful, we will make a decision just out of an impulse, out of just our excitement. Get counsel. It'll help you. Now, I'm not telling you that because I want to be involved in everybody's decisions for everything. There are a lot of people that God has placed here in this church that have got wisdom. I was, I was a mechanic. I've been, I've been charged with our bus ministry in Washington. We had eight buses. I worked on them, bought them. I've been in that, in that industry before we bought the shuttle or these buses. Guess who went and looked at him with me? Brother Andy. Why? I wanted somebody else's thoughts. We we don't know it all. And we are oftentimes, because of just our own pride, we're unwilling to ask anybody for any counsel. That's not wise. It's not wise. So, so seek good counsel, Proverbs 20, or 12, 15. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs 3, verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. Well, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So just... Get good counsel. Get wise counsel. Number six, how to make wise financial decisions. How to make wise financial decisions. Spouses should agree. Spouses should agree. Just this last week, heard somebody that bought a house. The wife didn't even know it. Husband came home and said, we're moving. That was just this week. You know, if we're going to make good decisions, let's make them together. If you're married, make them together. You are one flesh. Well, I'm the head of the house. Okay, you keep telling yourself that. And you'll be the lone head of your house. You'll be all by yourself. That's not wise. Have you ever read about the Proverbs 34 wisdom, uh, 31 woman? 
the Proverbs 31 woman? What, what did I just say? Uh, anyway, uh, the Proverbs 31 uh, lady, she, she was wise. Uh, she, she built her house. She, she was uh, industrious. She was, uh, she was wise in investments. Sir, your wife is smarter than you probably. I know I married up. Zero qualms on that. You know, you say, well, she doesn't care. Yeah, you just keep buying stuff and tell me she doesn't care. She wants to be involved. And she should be involved. It, it is, spouses should be on the same page. Amen. So seek, uh, seek good counsel, but both husband and wife, spouses, uh, they should agree. Uh, Amos 3.3, 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? What's the answer? No. So, so walk together. Uh, Proverbs 19.14, houses and riches are the inheritance of the fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. They're tied together. So make decisions together. The Proverbs 31 woman, she was hardworking, strong, industrious, uh, thrifty. She looked way, for ways to bring money in, to save money. She was purposeful. Uh, she bought a field. Uh, she planted a vineyard. The Bible says she considered it well. She might have a lot to say that would add value to that equation. So listen, it should be both, both spouses. Lastly, number seven, I'll hasten. Seek God's plan for your life. Seek God's plan for your life. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You know, if we are going in as a steward and we're just saying, you know what, Lord? We, I, I know I need your help. Lead me. Give me wisdom. Direct my path. This, these resources are not mine. They're yours. So help me. Lead me so I can take care of your resources well. You know it, he'll do it. And that's where, <clears throat> excuse me, in our life, we've got to be following uh, his will. Proverbs 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. But by the renewing of your mind, they might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so here as we're living this life and we're going to be good, good stewards making good financial decisions, then I just need to submit myself to him. He's a lot smarter than I am. He knows how to lead and he knows how to, to guide and direct. And what a blessing it is when he does. We follow, we follow him. You know, the Lord wants us to make good decisions. You want to make good decisions. Well, let's just take some of these principles, put them into our life. These seven principles, they'll help just sort of overarch all of the decisions that we come into and give us a set of glasses to, excuse me, to put on to be able to view them properly. And as we follow these, what we'll find is we're, we're going to win. We're going to be blessed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in financial bondage. Nobody does. But many people find themselves there because they disregard biblical principles. And then they want an easy way out. And there's not one. 
There's no quick fixes. Pops and Ma, they had gotten themselves into some debt like many, many of us have. My dad would not carry a credit card. After he cut his credit cards up, he was cash only. And this was back from his 30s. Mom, on the other hand, she got credit cards again. But Pops wouldn't. He's like, no, I, I don't ever want that again. He wouldn't even use a cashier's check when he traveled. He's like, nope, I want green. He wanted that money. He didn't want something like money. He wanted money. And he was never going to find himself in that bondage again. And you know, that's in our own life. We don't want bondage. Some of us have found ourselves in places where we are in financial bondage, paying cars off and getting out of debt. We don't want to be in that spot. Well, let's make good decisions. Those of you that have not found yourself there, don't go there. Learn from somebody else's experience, not your own. Those of us that have been there and got out, let's not go back. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And uh, Lord, just for being so good to give us your word, to guide us and direct us. And I pray that you'd help us, uh, Lord, as we look into our own lives. Uh, and Lord, the decisions that we make day in and day out, uh, the purchases and the the attitude, the view of, uh, of possessions and saving and investing. Lord, I pray that you just help us to just submit ourselves to your plan and your purpose and help us, Lord, to follow your directions so we can enjoy the fruit uh, that you have for us, the blessings that we can enjoy without all the regret. And so I pray that you'd help us speak to hearts, head bowed, eyes closed, nobody's looking around. We're going to have an invitation where people come tonight, but... He said, Lord, or Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart somewhere along the line today. He put his finger on something that I'm going to do business with him about. Just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's just follow his principles. Maybe we need to reiterate uh, to strengthen some boundaries in our finances. But whatever it is the Lord put his finger on tonight, you just do business with the Lord right there in just a time of quiet. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.